This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi, everyone, and welcome to 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense. The two Golden Age radio shows, Escape and Suspense, were radio's leading anthology series of high adventure and drama, with Escape airing on CBS Radio from July 7, 1947 to September 25, 1954, and Suspense continued to 1962. These two shows presented great American-made radio drama, which became the foundation for TV. Radio, as you know, is purely acoustic, with no visual component, and it relied on great scriptwriters and actors to enable the listeners to imagine the characters and the story. It was high drama, great acting, and terrific stories. As one of the shows say, all designed for you from the four walls of today. Here we offer the very best of escape and suspense. We hope you enjoy this week's presentation. And if you do, send us a kind review for 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense. And now, our two stories. Tired of the everyday routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape! Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight, you are swimming for your life in the dangerous waters off the Florida Gulf Coast, about to be smashed by a launch carrying a vicious criminal who must kill you or die himself. And on shore 500 yards away, the police are waiting to arrest you for murder. And there can be no escape. All right, buddy. This is the end of the line. Thanks for the ride. Don't mention it. Compliments Miami police. Now, you see that sign? Yeah, I see it. Read it. What's the matter? Don't they teach you cops to read? I said read it. Miami, city limits. Good. See that you stay on the other side of that sign. We don't take kindly to bums down here. I tell you, I'm not a bum. I came down here to take a job. Sure, sure. You guys always have jobs. That's why you come down and sleep in our city parks as soon as it gets cold up north. Why not get going? And keep going. And don't come back. Don't come back, he says. Fat chance. One night on the streets and you're a vagrant. 
They give you a cot in the city jail and some coffee and spud nuts in the morning and escort you out of town. Every step I took was away from that place, and that was all right, too. They could have their sunshine and their orange juice. All I wanted was a ride north, anywhere north. But one after another, cars passed me up until my thumb got tired. I walked almost all the way to Fort Lauderdale. I got a ride into Pompano, and I hoofed it again. It was getting hot. Took off my jacket and carried it. It was near Delray Beach that the big new Nash sedan swooped down around the curve from the opposite direction, and suddenly it blew a tire. The car swerved, careened across the white line, and was coming straight at me. I jumped out of the way and ran, my heart pounding like crazy. And then the car stopped miraculously right side up. With some driving. I walked back to it. There was a red-headed girl in the driver's seat and a man beside her. The man's face was cut. Darling, you're bleeding. You're parted. It's nothing. I just hit the windshield. Can I help? Yes. You can change the tire. If you do it fast, there's five bucks in it for you. You all right? No, it's just a cut. It's nothing. Look, we're in an awful hurry. Oh, sure. Where do you keep the tools? Oh, in the back. Here, here's the key. I'm sorry I scared you. I couldn't help it. The car got out of control. You sure know how to drive. Oh, look at that tire. It's a mess. Will it take long to change it? No, not very. Oh, it's certainly lucky for us that you were right here to help us. Where are you going? Well, I was trying to hitchhike. The only ride I got was on the back of a fish truck. Where are you hiking to? Any place but Miami. <laughs> What's wrong with Miami? Oh, nothing. It's a great town. But the cops don't like you if you don't have a job. Hmm. I should think a good-looking man like you could get a job. Seems to me Canada. that... It... I'm coming. Good-looking man like me. It's funny she should say a thing like that. And that was what I was thinking about her. Oh, she was beautiful. She was the most alive person I'd ever seen. And yet, she was controlled like a member. As I worked on the car, putting on the spare that cost more than the suit I had on my back, I, I got to wishing that I could afford a car like that, and a girl like that. And I wondered about the guy it all belonged to. He was used to being waited on, you could see that. He sat in the front seat and the girl sat close to him. Every now and then she'd look back at me and smile. Couldn't hear what they were talking about. And I was glad. Because I suddenly didn't want to know what he said to her. Ah, a jerk, that's me. A daydreaming jerk. How are you coming? Hmm? Oh, I I'm through. What's your name? It's Joe, Joe Mazurka. Would you like to go to Miami with us, Joe? Oh, I can't go to Miami. Not without a job. Well, that's what I mean. You want a job, don't you? Well, fixing tires? <laughs> no. I've been talking to Mr. Ress. If you really want a job, he has one for you. Are you kidding? He has a job for me in Miami? Would you like that? Oh, boy, would I? Then put the tools away. Come on, let's go. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's something I want you to know. I had a job. I came down here to take the job as swimming instructor at the Bay Club. But I was a day late and the job was gone. Oh, so that's how you got those shoulders. Hmm? Swimming. Oh. Well, I just want you to know that I'm not a bum. Of course you're not a bum, Joe. Whatever made you think I thought you were. And, uh, we haven't got all day. Come on, he's getting impatient. Yeah, but the job, what kind of a job is it? Mr. Ress will tell you about it on the way in. But I... You want to go to Miami with us, don't you? Yeah, I sure do. Then come on, let's go. Well, 
this way. Uh, I'm a writer. Oh, sure, Ress. William Ress. You're the guy who wrote Break It Open. Did you read it? Uh, no, no, I, I've been on the go, and I, I don't have much chance. To... But you've heard of me. Oh, everybody can read English. It's heard of you. Your name's in every bookstore window. Yes, my name, but not my face. And that's the job. I don't understand. Well, you see, if they find out that Bill, Mr. Ress, is in Miami, they'll hound him to death. <laughs> that's the way it is when a writer is successful. The public thinks they own him. They expect him to be clever at cocktail parties, and he's invited everywhere. Yet well, what they... is, what's wrong with it? Well, nothing, but it doesn't leave him any time to write. Hender's trying to tell you that I hate people. All this social claptrap. I want to be left alone so I can work. I, I still don't see how I fit in. Well, you'll be me. That's how you'll fit in. You'll be Bill Rez. I'll be you? All right. Let's put it this way. You'll be my alter ego. There'll be two of me. You'll handle the social end while I lock myself in someplace and write. Yeah, but I don't look like you. Not a bit. What's the difference? Nobody knows me down here. Yeah, but... Look, uh, uh, do you want the job or don't you? I don't know. It's a pretty crazy job. It pays a hundred a week in expenses. A hundred a week? It wouldn't be hard, Joe. Not with me helping you. Yeah, that's right. And that could help you. I could see you from time to time. And, well, I could tell you what to say, how to act. You would? You'll take it, won't you, Joe? That's a crazy job, all right, but I'm, I'm a crazy guy. Sure, sure. I'll take it. They coached me all the way into Miami. I memorized facts about him. Where he went to college, what he ate for breakfast, how he felt politically. But there was one thing he didn't tell me, and it was the one thing I couldn't ask. What was his relationship with the girl? That's what I wanted to know more than anything else. We passed the city limits sign, went on into Miami on Biscayne Boulevard. And to pull the car up near a cab stand. Now, you're sure you got it all straight? I think so. All right. Hender, give him some money. Oh, yes. Here, Joe. Thank you. I... $500? Yes. I want you to buy some good clothes and a couple of good traveling bags. You're a successful writer, remember? You've got to look good. And check in at a good hotel. Uh, the Ronnie Plaza. Yes, that'll be fine. Ronnie Plaza. Aren't you coming with me? Oh, you'll want to get settled first, Joe. Get yourself a haircut and a manicure. I'll see you tonight. But uh, what if I should have to get in touch with you before that? Why? Why would you want to get in touch with her? Oh, well, you know. Ask some questions about you in case something comes up all of a sudden. <laughs> all right. If you need me sooner, you can call me. 99730. Give me your pen, Bill. But uh, don't bother us unless you have to. No, I won't. And Joe. Yeah. You'd better pick up a copy of Mr. Ress's book. It might be rather embarrassing if you didn't know what it was all about. They drove off, and they left me standing there with my head full of facts on the life and times of Bill Ress, but not one fact about her. I didn't even know what her last name was. Well, there'd be time for that. I did like they told me. I bought some clothes and a suitcase. I got a haircut and a manicure, and I bought the book. Funny. A few hours before, I'd been a vagrant. No job and no money. Now I was set up in the swankiest hotel in Miami. Come in. Mr. Rez? Uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm George Cole. I'm the public relations man for the hotel. Uh, this is Walters, our photographer. Glad to meet you, Mr. Rez. How are you? Well, come on in. Oh, thank you. 
Well, we're certainly excited having you here at the Roney Plaza. Thank you. We were frankly pretty surprised when you checked in. Is that so? We knew you were in Miami. You know how those things get around. Miami's really just a small town. But you have the reputation for being such a recluse. Well, you know how it is. <laughs> I wonder if you'd let us release a little publicity on you. Well, uh... Oh, we'd like to take uh, some pictures. Well, all right, sure, sure. Go right ahead. Hmm. Take all you want. Now, um, let's see. How about, um... How about over here by the window? This be all right? Oh, yeah, that's swell. Uh, uh, hold it a minute, will you? Oh, it's certainly nice of you to be so cooperative. I'm glad to. Ah, got it. Now then, over this oh, way, please. Oh, Walters, I think it would be good to get one of him autographing his book. <laughs> I took the liberty, Mr. Ress, of bringing up a few copies. Oh, would you good. autograph them for some of our guests? Yeah, all, all right. Have you got a pen? Oh, certainly. Here. <laughs> there, now, that's just fine. Hold it. Oh, Thank you very much. Uh, would you autograph this one to Herman and Betty? To Herman and Betty? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, shall I get it for you? Oh, no. Nothing. I'll, I'll answer. Uh, yeah? Are you Bill Ress? That's right. I'm Arnold Springman. Well, what can I do for you? Do for me? That's funny. I beg your pardon? So you don't even remember my name. Springman. Arnold Springman. Think hard. What do you want? You ruined my life, you destroyed what? my future, and now you don't even remember my name. It's all it meant to you, isn't it? Sensationalism. Muckraking. What do you care if you break a man so long as your book sells? Ah, now look, you've got the wrong idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I guess we'd better be going, Mr. Ress. Come on along, Walter. No. No, you wait. I want witnesses. I want the world to know that I'm the one who got rid of Bill Ress. Now, wait a minute. I'm going to kill you. Kill? Oh, no. Put that gun away. Don't shoot. Don't. Oh, 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 Mr. Ress, are you all right? Oh, yes, I'm all right. Oh, my, oh, my. It took a lot of courage wrenching that gun away from him like that. Oh. Ruined my life. Can you get the house detective and get this guy out of here? Oh, yes, my sir. Life. And you get out, too. Oh, yes, yes. Don't sir. send anybody up to no. my room again. Oh, Understand? No, no, yes, Nobody. Uh, no, sir. Oh, come along, you. Operator. Operator. This is the operator. This is Jim. This is Bill Ress in 416. Get me, uh, let me see, uh, 99730. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm sorry, Mr. Ress, the line is busy. Now call me back when you get it, please. <laughs> As I waited for the operator to get hand on the line, I leafed through Bill Ress's book. The name Arnold Springman hadn't meant anything to me, but on page five, it began to mean a lot. He was a small-time political campaign manager, crooked as a broken finger, and Ress's book had exposed him. That's what the book was, an expose of dozens of politicians, large and small, and every one of them had plenty of reason to get rid of Bill Ress. Dozens of potential killers. I realized the spot I was in. I was the clay pigeon for a political muckraker. Hello. I have 99730 for you now. Oh, thank you. Hello? Uh, that your rest? Who? This is Louie. Well, is Hender there? Uh, you got the wrong number. This is Louie's pool room. Uh, operator. Operator. Yes, sir? That was the wrong number. Dial it again, please. 99730. Right away, sir. Good. I'll hold the phone. 
Frank Dawkin. Is this 99730? Oh, it's you again. Yeah, this is 99730. Is Bill Rest there? Never heard of him. Are you sure there isn't a girl there by the name of Hender? Tall, slender, red hair? Look, buddy, the dames have invaded the bowling alleys, but the pool rooms they ain't touched yet. And for that, I'm thankful. But she gave me this number. Buddy, for my dough, she gave you the runaround. I couldn't believe it. But why not? If I was sucker enough to hope I had a chance with her, I deserved the mess I was in. Well, no law said that I had to stay in it. Not even for a hundred a week would I stand still and let Bill Ress's enemies take pot shots at me. I grabbed my hat, my new $15 hat, and I walked out of the room, took the stairs to the lobby, and went out the side door of the hotel. It was at the corner I heard the newsboy. Dead. Paper missed the latest edition just hit the street all about the rest murder. Yes, yes. Give hey, it all thank you. Extra. Read all about it. All for kill Bill Rest. Bill Rest dead. In just a moment, we will return you to the second act of Escape. But first, suppose Junior has cut the telephone wire with your pet jackknife or kitchen shears. That's no reason for not listening to sing it again. Of course, if your phone is okay and Dan Seymour does put in one of the big calls to you, there's the chance that you'll win $51,000 in prizes and cash. But singing again is more than prizes. It's a solid hour of tuneful riddle songs and hit music, highly entertaining in themselves, with Alan Dale, Bob Howard, and Eugenie Baird. And it's heard on most of these same CBS stations. So be listening this Saturday, won't you? And now for the second act of... Escape! I stood there holding the newspaper that said the man I was impersonating had been murdered. I was on the spot and I knew I had to do something fast. But suddenly it was done for me. Joe! Joe! Huh? Over here, Joe! Hender! Hurry up, get in. I'm blocking traffic. I tried to get you. That number you gave me, 99730, that's a pool room. 99730? Oh, Joe, no, it's 99703. Oh. Well, anyway, he's dead. The newsboy's yelling that he's been murdered. I didn't dream it'd work out like this. Who killed him? I don't know. A lot of people hated him. I know that. One of them took a shot at me. At you? Did you tell anyone you were Bill Rest? Did I tell him? Of course I told them. I signed the register. I autographed some books. They took my picture. Oh, that's terrible. But you told me to. I know, I know. Well, what, do you, what does it mean? I'm all mixed up. Well, they'll think you did it. You well, can't go back to the hotel. Where are we going? Matacumbe. They won't find you there. Matacumbe? What is that? It's an island, one of the keys. Well, wouldn't it be better if I went to the police? I haven't done anything wrong. You impersonated another man. You signed his name. And now he's dead, murdered. How will that look for you? Yeah, but that was my job. You were there. You heard him hire me. You can tell them that... Well, can't you? No, Joe. That's just the trouble. I can't tell them anything. I don't get it. Why not? Bill was married. Oh, he was going to get a divorce, but he was still technically married. He was going to marry you? Yes, but nobody knew about me. I never met any of his friends. Nobody ever saw us together. As far as the world is concerned, I don't even know Bill Riss. You see, Joe, I wouldn't be a very good alibi for you. I've got to keep out of this mess, too. I see.
I was still mixed up as we drove south on the overseas highway across the twisted chain of islands that is the Florida Keys. The air was fresh and sharp off the sea. The sun was just setting. Riding there besides this gorgeous girl, I couldn't honestly say that I was sorry Ress was dead. In a cockeyed sort of way, I was glad. It was at an isolated spot on one of the islands that she pulled off the highway into a deserted lane that ended in a dock. There was a corrugated sheet metal shack at the end of the lane. She pulled the car into a shed. This is Lower Matacumbe. Doesn't look like much. And there's the yacht out there. The yacht? Oh, didn't I tell you? We're going out in the yacht. But you said we were going to stay at Matacumbe. This is still Florida, all the way down to Key West. You'll be safer on the yacht. It belongs to a friend of mine, Ernie Cristillo. He'll take good care of us. Yeah, but uh, where is it going? Oh, it isn't going anywhere. Ernie gets seasick, so he just keeps it at anchor all season. Oh. And uh, how are we going to get out to it? Hmm. That's strange. The speedboat was supposed to be waiting here for me. Well, come on, let's go into the saloon. I'll phone them. The sheet metal shack was an honest-to-goodness saloon. Sawdust on the floor, pictures of boxers over the mirror, chip beer mugs. The only actual modern note was the radio, and that was an old Atwater Kent. The saloon was presided over by a talkative Cuban. Cerveza? You want another glass, maybe? No, no, thank you. I'm just uh, waiting for the lady to make a phone call. <laughs> then better you have cerveza. When a lady goes into a phone booth, goodbye, you wait. I like I like radio music. I like fish fishing. What do you like? Well, I... Amberjack, they call me. Amberjack is good guy, it's good fish. <laughs> but bonefish I like best. News bulletin. In connection with the murder of Bill Rest, the police... Bonefish is a tough baby to quiet. Fish, ...young man of about 26 or 28 who has been posing publicly as the author. He was last seen at the Romney Plaza Hotel, where he was wearing a gray flannel suit and a dark red tie. He is about six feet tall, muscular, with light wavy hair and dark eyes. The police are watching every avenue of escape out of Florida. If you have any information leading to his whereabouts, please notify your local police. Yeah, the police all the time look for somebody. Gray suit, dark <laughs> Could be anybody. Could be you. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be police. All the time, ride the motorcycle, go fast like anything. Joe. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be seeing you. Come again, young fellas. Always got plenty of service. Joe, come on. The motorboat's here. Hender, I'm going to go to the police. Joe, you can't do that. Why, Hender? Why? Did you kill him? Did I? Of course I didn't. Why do you ask that? Well, then you've got to come with me. You've got to make him believe me. But I can't. Oh, here comes the man Ernie sent in with the speedboat. Come on. Oh, no, Hender. You've got to help me. You ready to go, Hender? Yes, Chuck, we're ready. No, we're not. Go on back to the boat. I don't take orders from you. Oh, get lost. Don't be stubborn, Joe. He came to get us, and we're going with him. Well, maybe you are, but I'm going back to Miami. Oh, no, you're not. What? Show him what I mean, Chuck. Sure, glad to. Feel better, Joe? Oh, <laughs> Would you like me to get you a drink? No. Come on, relax. Ooh. Don't get up so fast. It'll make you dizzy. You can quit being charming. You made your point. We're on the yacht. Now, isn't this better than going to the police? It's so quiet out here. So peaceful. So you killed him. No, I killed him. What? I said I killed him. Oh, I must be losing my mind. You're supposed to be dead rest. Not rest. 
My name is Cristillo, Ernie Cristillo. Cristillo? But you're the guy that hired me to double for rest. That's right. Maybe I better straighten you out. I killed Bill Rest this morning at Delray Beach. Reason? He was writing a new book exposing the narcotic syndicate. Matter of fact, it was to be my biography. Delray Beach, of course. That's where the newsboy said he was killed. That's where you were coming from when you picked me up this morning. Right again. I killed Ress and I disposed of his longhand notes on the new book. Why'd you drag me into it? Why'd you bring me here? Very simple. To give the police a definite suspect. Ress's impersonator, you. Hender was to pick you up later tonight, but they found Ress's body soon we counted on. She just made it in the nick of time, don't you think? So I was your red herring, huh? We got the idea while you were changing the tire. It worked fine. Oh, sure, it worked fine. Why'd you have to pick on me? Who is he, anyway? A joker on the road, a guy without a job, a vag, huh? You're getting emotional, Joe. You think you can hold me? You're crazy. Are we? By now, some smart newspaper man has his byline on a story explaining why you did it. Oh? Suppose you tell me why I did it. Maybe you've been impersonating Russ for a long time. He caught up with you and you killed him. That won't stand up. What about that book of his? It's full of names of people who'll be happy to see him dead. That's true, but you've run away, Joe. That's the most damaging fact of all. You've run away and the police will keep looking for you. And they won't find you. There had been just the three of us on deck. And now I was conscious of others. Two or three men, including the one who had slugged me. They were securing the motor launch to the deck. Even as they worked, I could feel them concentrating on me. It was like waiting for someone to give a signal. What's that? What's that noise? The anchor. The anchor? We're sailing? Right out to sea. Your last voyage, Joe, way, way out to sea. The engine started up and the yacht began to move, nosing into the Atlantic. I looked back at Matacumbi Key, at the overseas highway silhouetted against a dusky sigh, at a little fishing boat innocently anchored near the reefs, only a couple of hundred yards away. That's all they were, a couple of hundred yards. There was one wild, crazy chance and I took it. Stop it! Stop it! It's that diving overboard! Over the launch! I'm going after it! There was one thing I knew how to do. It swim. I could just get to the reefs before they could get that boat in the water and come after me. I was less than 50 yards off the reefs now. 50 yards from the little fishing boat. I looked back just as that motor launch hit the water. And Ress was in it. And he came right at me. He was going to cut me in two. I swam faster. A few more strokes, I'd be at the fishing boat. I could already see the guy in it. Hey, look at that motor boat. You idiot, get away. Get away from me. I grabbed a hold of the fishing boat's gunnel just as the launch swerved to avoid collision. You crazy jerk. You want to kill somebody? Hey, look at that. He's out of control. He's heading for the rocks. Crazy nut. He'll crack up. Mayors. Give me a hand up, will you? Pull me sure, in the boat. Sure. Hey, you know that guy almost killed you. Yeah. You all right? Oh, I'm great. Just get me to the police. Here he is, Lieutenant. The mysterious Mr. A. Look. Look, I tell you, I didn't do it. I didn't kill anybody. I was hired by Ress. I, I mean Cristillo. Cristillo and that girl. They picked me up on the highway. They were both in it. Relax. Take it easy. What? Cristillo is dead and the Coast Guard picked up the girl. Oh, did she tell you? Sure. She talked. <laughs> they always talk. Uh, oh, I was afraid you wouldn't believe me. Well, when they booked you, we thought you could have done it. 
That crazy cock and bull story you told about working for him. But when we checked the blotter, we knew you couldn't have killed Bill Rez at all. Well, you know? Well, sure. But... You know, when are you guys going to learn to come to the police when you get into trouble? We knew all along you couldn't have killed him because the murder was committed between 6 and 8 a.m. You were right here in the Miami jail until after 8.30. Oh, then... Then I'm free? Well, sure. Like a bird. <laughs> Thanks. Regan? Yes, sir. Okay. He's all yours. Uh, what do you mean? Come on, buddy. Let's go. Oh, no, hey, wait a Come minute. Come on, I said. Okay, buddy. See that sign? Yes, I see the sign. It says Miami City Limits. That's right. Now, now, wait a minute. I know. You want me to stay on the other side of that sign. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Now, get going. Keep going. And don't come back, yeah? Because the next time you're liable to get yourself in some real trouble. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson. Tonight, we have presented Danger at Matacumbe by John and Gwen Bagney. Featured in the cast were Frank Lovejoy as Joe, Marie Windsor as Henda, and Ted DeCorsi as Ress. Also heard were Rick Vallon, Robert Clark, Harry Bartell, Dee Tatum, Jerry Hausner, and Larry Dobkin. Special music was composed and conducted by Del Castillo. Next week... You are the prisoner of Mr. Three from the land of one. You're being driven like an animal toward the giant spaceship from which you know there can be no escape. Next week, we escape to the forbidding valley of the infernal river high in the Peruvian Andes, a valley from which no traveler has ever returned, as T.S. Stribling tells it in his science fiction classic, Green Splotches. Goodbye, then, until the same time next week when once again we offer you Escape! Whether your hair is long or whether it's short, musically speaking, that is, you'll get a kick out of that hour of music with Vaughn Monroe and Gene Autry, heard on most of these same CBS stations every Saturday night. Vaughn is here with the five top tunes of the week as chosen by Variety magazine, and Gene Autry comes riding with the best in Western music and song. CBS cordially invites you to join Vaughn Monroe and Gene Autry every Saturday night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Hi, everyone. The holiday season is upon us, and I'll be glued to the telly for BritBox on many a night. I've already shared with you the fact that I keep up with Father Brown and Poirot at BritBox. I also check out their new stuff, like the new series Archie, which tells the story of Archie Leach, otherwise known to millions of filmgoers as Cary Grant. This story comes from his daughter Jennifer Grant and ex-wife Diane Cannon. It's a series. The performance of Jason Isaacs, who plays Cary Grant, is top-notch. I highly recommend it. You can only find it on my favorite TV, BritBox. Sign up to BritBox today to stream Archie and other fan favorites today from any device. I have a special limited time offer for my U.S. and Canadian listeners. 
Get 50% off your first month when you sign up for a monthly plan, but only if you go to BritBox.com and use my promo code 1001STORIES at checkout. Don't wait. Get 50% off your first month. Just use promo code 1001STORIES at BritBox.com. Try it. You'll like it. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Tired of the everyday day routine? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight we escape to the interior of China and the story of a gentleman gambler from Virginia matching wits with a murderous warlord whose word can mean life or death. As Ahmed Abdullah tells it in his famous story, The Ambassador of Poker. Very good. Here, here he is, sir. Captain, I demand to know the meaning of this. This sailor has forced me to pack my baggage, vacate my cabin, and come here. He did it on my orders, Mr. Fairburn. You are leaving this ship. Leave it? But you are mistaken, sir. This is only Hong Kong. My passage is paid to Singapore. In this envelope, you will find the refund of the remainder of your passage. It comes to $43, I believe. Good day to you. Well, you can't do this. I demand an explanation. I shall give it to you in a word. Poker. There is not a man aboard, officer or crewman, who has not lost every cent he had to you. You're implying that I play dishonestly? That I cheat? Let's just say that you win too consistently. Sir, I am Randolph C. Fairburn of Charlottesville, Virginia, sir. A southern gentleman. I have never cheated at cards in my life, and I never will. Here. Here in my wallet is all of the money I won on this voyage. Some $324, I think. Take it. You may distribute it among the men. You will, I presume, allow me to keep the $20 bill that I had when I came aboard. I cannot accept this money back, Mr. Fairburn, but... Then uh, throw it overboard. Here, allow me. No, no. Uh, wait, I'll take it. I'll return it to the men. Thank you. Now, if you will pardon me. Uh, Mr. Fairburn, I... Perhaps I have misjudged you. If so, I'm deeply sorry. Your apology is accepted. But you must admit, you're winning all the time is... That uh, is my good fortune, sir, and my curse. I simply cannot lose. Perhaps if you would agree not to play poker, perhaps you could stay on board to Singapore. No, sir, I do not stay where I am not wanted. But uh, you haven't much money. How will you get along in Hong Kong? What will you do? Why, I expect something will turn up. If not, I will play poker. On the Hong Kong waterfront? Certainly. Well, sir, if you play and if you insist upon winning... I can't help winning. Then, Mr. Fairburn, I should advise you to be prepared for a great deal of trouble. I should advise you to slip a gun in your pocket. 
alongside your rabbit's foot. Mr. Fairbairn, are you staying on another week? Why, yes, I believe I will. Oh, well, well then, sir, we shall have to have payment for the room in advance. Oh, uh, uh, yes, I'll take care of that tonight. Uh, right now, I have something important. Uh, but by the way, do you know where I might find a poker game? Poker? <laughs> oh, no, sir, not in this hotel. Poker? <laughs> yes, sir. If you don't value your life too highly... On the waterfront, Pearl Dock Street, down the alley of the Emily Fish, the Black Dragon in the back room. Ah, uh, you are bluffing. I call you. Three lovely ladies. Ah, voilà, mon ami. You are unlucky tonight. Hmm? Uh, yeah, you wait. Just you wait. All right. Deal the cards. Gentlemen, I beg your pardon. Huh? Who is this one? What is it, young fellow? I wonder if I might sit in this game, if you don't mind. What? Regardez, he's just a boy. Why, why, of course, old chap, of course. Happy to have you. Won't you sit down, Mr... Uh... Fairburn. Randolph C. Fairburn of Charlottesville, Virginia. Well, and sit down, Mr. Fairburn. Uh, this is Frenchie the... Uh, Frenchie, Van Alkemada, Rangoon George, the croaker... And, uh, uh, well, you just call me Skip. <laughs> oh, How do you do, gentlemen? Always happy to see... Uh, New face in the game. Yeah, yeah. How many chips do you want? Why, $17.64 worth as a starter. There. Is, um, is that all you have? I'm afraid it is. For the moment, at least. Oh. Well. I don't think I'll need any more. Me? I love the innocence of the very young. Deal, mon petit. Raise you five. Very well. Call. <laughs> Three aces. Sorry. Full house. Nines over fours. I'll play these, gentlemen. Mordieu. Another pattern. Hmm? Check to you. No, not to me, old pattern. I'm out. Well, see, it's all yours, monsieur, unless... Ah, no, no, no. Thank you, gentlemen. Hey, wait. Wait, wait a minute. You... Get out. I beg your pardon? I said get out. This joke has gone far enough. Joke? I don't understand. Get out. Don't worry, sir. I don't care to stay where people don't want me. Here. Cash my chips and I'll move along, gentlemen. What? Cash your blinking chips, did you say, young fellow? Why, yes, sir. Oh, to the devil with you. Beat it while you can still walk. Gentlemen, I must insist upon my money. You what? I am an extremely nervous man. I do not like to fight, but... Out! Get out before I... I'm sorry, sir, but I warned you. Though I don't like fighting, my mother insisted that I study Let boxing. Let me at him. I... I'll kill him. I'll kill him. I'm sorry, gentlemen. I dislike using the gun, but I had no choice. You may get up, sir. You are uninjured. I merely shot into the ceiling. And now, if you will be good enough to cash my chips... I can be on my way. Eighty-four, eighty-five, and twenty cents. That's it to the penny. Thank you, gentlemen. Now, if you will remain facing me with your hands up until I've left the room... Uh, be, be, be careful with that thing. <laughs> there is very little danger. I'm really a very indifferent marksman. <laughs> Who's that? 
Ah, there is no need to fear this humble one, sir. Good evening. I watched a little scene you enacted just now, Mr... Uh, Fairburn, sir. Randolph C. Fairburn of Charlottesville, Virginia, sir. Ah, uh, of course. The Virginian. All of you, go. Well, you certainly have that pack of rats under your thumb. A wave of your hand and they are gone like magic. Not magic, my friend. The power of money, that is more practical. Besides, I own this place. Ah. So, you are Virginian. Yes, sir, an unworthy son of that great and noble commonwealth. Oh, I am delighted. My late partner was Virginian. I am Shang Pao of Jones and Shang Pao Importers. Um, pardon inquisitiveness, but would you care to go to work? Well, uh, I, I am not a businessman, and I don't speak Chinese. No matter. You are gentleman and fighting man. Oh, not a fighting man. No, you're mistaken. No matter. I need man like you, and it will be worth a great deal of money to you. How much? Five thousand dollars. But for what? What is the job? To recover for me a fortune from the interior of China, an object no bigger than your hand, weighing less than four ounces. The British Museum has offered 10,000 pounds. Your own Metropolitan Museum will gladly pay $50,000. Private collectors, more, much more. Well, why? What is it? It is thin gold wafer on which is impressed only imprint known of great seal of Yin Dynasty, 3,000 years ago, is priceless relic. And it was, and legally still is, property of Jones and Sheng Pao. Hmm. It will be your job to return it to me by whatever means you are able. But from where? Who has it now? You have heard of General Kung? No. Notorious bandit, now puppet ruler of Nam Yung? On some pretext, he confiscated seal from my partner. Jones died while trying to recover it of typhus, so it was said. Uh, too bad. Well, how am I to get the seal from him? Perhaps we will suggest itself when I tell you that General Kung also liked to play poker. Aha. Uh -huh. uh -huh. So that's why you picked me. Perhaps. You will do it? Well, I'll go a long way for a game of poker. Excellent. I shall arrange for you forged document, safe contact pass. Also, reliable Chinese guide. You must be careful. Oh, ah, watch out for a beautiful young lady with red hair like sun. She is perhaps after seal also. Huh? Who is she? I do not know, but I do know she is dangerous. Also, young Mr. Fairbairn, let me say this to you. Though you do not like fighting, this is China, not Virginia. If you get chance to slit throat of General Kung... Do so promptly before he does say to you. In just a moment, we will return you to the second act of Escape. But first, on CBS's Gene Autry show this Saturday night, you'll hear how Easter is celebrated in the West. The King of the Cowboys will bring you a sketch about a young Western minister whose Easter sermon helps to solve a mystery. And Gene will also be singing some special holiday songs. Vaughn Monroe will be around this Saturday with some of his famous music making, so be listening for them both, Gene Autry and Vaughn Monroe, on most of these same CBS stations. And now for the second act of Escape, 
and the story of Randolph C. Fairburn, the ambassador of poker. Is this the place, Mao Tzu? Hello, General Chung. Take hotel, chase people away. Oh, he confiscated that, too. All right, let's go. Lady Hibinshia. What's this? God say we no can go inside. Uh, tell him I want to see the general, Mao Tzu. New Yen Xiong Kin Zhang Guan. Zhang Guan, you're the one who's going to go. What did he say? He say no. No like American here. Uh, tell him tell him I'm an ambassador from Virginia. What did he say? He said no. Tell him, uh, tell him I'm an ambassador of poker. Tell him to tell the general that. Did you say poker, Mr. Fairbairn? I did, sir. Would you care to have a game? Come in. In here, Mr. Fairbairn. Thank you. I have cards and chips. And oh, excuse me. This is Miss Krushenka, Mr. Fairbairn. How do you do? Wow. I hadn't expected to find such a lovely lady. Spasiba. You are galant. Oh, it's an old Virginia custom, madam. Oh, you American. You will excuse me, perhaps. Oh, don't leave. Of course, my blossom. You may go now. Da. Dosvidania. Goodbye, miss. It was a pleasure to... Now, Mr. Fairbairn. I'm sorry. I hope I haven't interrupted anything. It is nothing. Only a woman. Sit down. But a very beautiful one, with lovely red hair. Still a woman. I have not played poker for many moons. Cut for deal. And the stakes? Uh, shall we say a hundred a chip? A hundred dollars? All right. Three aces. Enough? Deal. Full house. Enough? Deal again. King high straight. Enough? Another. Hot flush. All right. That is enough. You play poker very well, Mr. Fairbairn. I can usually win when I want to. You put me in embarrassing position. You have wiped out treasury. Now I must collect another tax. And last one was only last week. <laughs> that won't be necessary, General. I think we can make a deal. What kind of deal? Instead of the money, I'll take the yin seal for payment. So, now I understand. <laughs> you cannot be that naive, Mr. Fairbairn. I played the game in good faith, sir. I demand that You I... demand nothing, American pig. You will think over your stupidity in my prison. It's quite all right, I tell you. General Kung has given me his permission. John, go home, Takla. Dolja, Dolja. Oh, hello, Mr. Fairbairn. Well, hello. Nice of you to come and see me. If I get you out of here, will you help me? What What happened to your Russian accent? Will you? Well, yeah. Of course, it wasn't a good accent anyway. Unless I'm crazy, you're from Virginia, too. That doesn't matter now. We've got to get out of here. We? 
Well, I thought you and the general were friends. Not at all. I was living in the hotel here when he took it over. He won't let me leave. You could just walk out. How? He confiscated my credentials, keeps me almost a prisoner, refuses me a safe conduct pass. So you want mine? Well, why not? You can add and wife to it, something like that. There wouldn't be any trouble. Well, if I'm to have a beautiful wife, I think I should at least know her name. It's Susan Jones. Ah. Ah, that begins to fit. Susan Jones, daughter of the American partner of Jones and Shang Pao. And you're after the yin seal, too. How did you know? Never mind. But why did Sheng Pao say that you were dangerous? Because he's after the seal for himself. And it belongs to me. It was my father's, not the company's. He's trying to steal it from me. Or you from him. Honestly, Mr. Fairburn. Never mind. Where is the seal? Can we get it? Easily. He keeps it in a strong box in his hotel room. He showed it to me. Oh, I could have got it long ago. But I couldn't have gotten away. All right, now, how do we get out of here? Would this help? What? My gun... Definitely. Now... If I were to call the guardian... And I were to... Yes, you're a very practical girl. Are you ready? Yeah. Bing Jai! Bing Jai! Lai Lo, Lai Lo! What is it going on? Heidi. What is it going on? You killed me too much. You Sorry, old boy. All right, Miss Jones. Lead the way. He's in there. We'll have to... We'll have to do something. What? You leave it to me. You be ready when his back is turned. Miss Jones, I don't think I should let you, a young lady from Virginia. Shh. It's Grushenka. Ah, my blossom. Come in. So, at last, you come to me, my sweet one. Da, 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 goy. Come to my... Aya! Aya! Good heavens, what did you do to him? Simple. A judo trick. My father insisted I learn judo. Did you kill him? No, no, no. But he'll be asleep for a couple of hours. Long enough for us to get the seal and get out of here. You back so soon, master? Come on, Mao We've got the seal. Let's go. How are we going to travel? We'll use this car. That's General Kuhn. So I see. And that's his chauffeur, no doubt. You two get ready to jump in. Okay. I'm going to say hello to him. Oh, uh, I say, old man, how are you? Let me shake your hand. That's it. Okay, let's go. have to get rid of this car soon. Mao Tzu, what's this village up ahead? Chengpen. Can we get a train there? Oh, yes. Little train, sometime. All right. Mao Tzu, you get rid of the car. We'll see about the train. Uh, bad luck. No trains until morning. We'll have to stay here overnight. There's a little inn over there. Uh, not exactly the kind of place I'd usually take a girl from Virginia, but... The only trouble is Mao Tzu isn't back and I can't speak Chinese. How do you say two single rooms? I can speak enough for that. Come on. Yes? Who is it? It's me, Susan. Oh, just a minute. 
Hello. May I come in? Sure. Here. I thought we really should have a drink. Sort of a toast to our escape. Well, what is it? Oh, some special kind of Chinese wine. The proprietor says it's very good. I really don't think we should celebrate just yet. I... Well, of course, if I'm repulsive to you. Oh, no, no, nothing like that. You're... You're... Beautiful. Of course. So shall we drink to my beauty? Uh, yeah, to your beauty. Oh, such a little sip. I'm more beautiful than that. Oh, yeah. Down the hatch. There, now, that's a big boy. Ah, you know, that wasn't bad. Not bad at all. Didn't know the Chinese made wine like that. Do you have more? That'll be enough. Well, what do you mean? In about two minutes, you'll be fast asleep. Asleep? Some of these Chinese wines are interesting. Special. Something like a Mickey. I don't think you'll be terribly sick, though, when you wake up. Susan, what... What is this? Simple, dear. I can buy a lot of negligees like this one with that $50,000, and I don't intend to share it with Sheng Pao any more than he does with me. So, well, I really hate to trouble you, Lamb, but I need the seal, your safe conduct pass, and your gun. Susan, you're a... No names, Lammy. It isn't chivalrous. And you're a Virginia gentleman, remember? Susan. I'll leave you the cards, dear, so you can play solitaire. Bye-bye. Pleasant dream. Why, you... <sighs> oh, oh, my head. How long has she been gone, Mautzo? Four or five hours. Oh, oh, that's enough. We can't catch her now. I think maybe yes. How? She take first train. It's slow train. We take next train. It's fast train. We catch her before she get to Hong Kong. Good boy, Mao Tzu. Let's go. Miss Jones, I believe. Oh, Randall. Sorry to startle you, my dear. No, don't reach. I'll just take your bag. I suppose the seal and my gun and my safe conduct pass are inside. Thank you. Oh, Randolph, honestly, I'm so glad to see you. I've been hating myself for what I did to you. You have? Oh, yes. I I really like you, Randolph. I wouldn't have done it except... except I needed the seal. You know, a little old girl like me alone in the world. I am alone, you know, Randolph. And the seal was my only inheritance from my daddy. Mm -hmm. I'd be penniless without it. You wouldn't want that, would you, Randolph? You wring my heart, Miss Jones. All right. I suppose it's just as well, really. This way, at least, I won't be a criminal. What do you mean? It's you who'll be the criminal, you and Sheng Pao. Wh well, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I'll have to think. Well, think fast. We'll be in Hong Kong in an hour. <laughs> Randolph, what are you going to do? Come on, let's get out of the station, then we can... Greetings, old chap. Just stand where you are. And you too, mademoiselle. Randolph, who are these men? Some old friends. And this time, I'm afraid they're prepared. I can feel their preparation in the small of my back. Yeah, so much. <laughs>
bet you could have found a dirtier, smellier back room to bring us to. Shut up. They haven't got it. He must have. I tell you, I've searched. They haven't got it. Come on. Tell us, where is it? Who are you working for, General Kung? Where did you put it? Put what, gentlemen? You know, all right, the seal. I don't know. Maybe I lost it. Ach, wait, you... wait. Save it until the bus gets here. You'll know how to make them talk. Trust the Chinese. Yeah, yeah, but it may be ours. Well, there is cars. Why not play where we are waiting? Well, that's eh? an idea. Why not? Uh, you deal, Frenchie. Randolph, darling, if General Kuhn... Don't worry. I'll think of something. I know you will. You're wonderful, but, but just in case, I, I want you to know I am sorry for what I did. Hey, you kissed me. Yes. Did you like it? Yes, only done it. My hands are tied. But I've got an idea. Just a minute. All right, deal my Frenchie. Uh, what's the matter? Afraid to let me play with you? Afraid I'll beat you again? Well, what do you say, chaps? Why not? Yes, money. Our money. Uh, island item. Race. Call. Three tens. Three aces. Three aces. Four deuces. Four kings. Straight flush. Straight flush. Royal flush. Oh, oh he's cheating. He must be. I'll kill him. I'll kill him. Oh, oh, Darling, you knocked them all out. Uh-huh. What a mess. My card's all over the room. Leave them. Let's get out of here. Listen. Listen, somebody's coming. Maybe it's the general. Hurry, hurry. Uh, just a minute. I've got a fan. Uh, there. All right. Let's go. <gasps> Good evening. Not leaving so soon? Oh, Sheng Pao. So Mao Tzu found you. Good thing I sent him off to... But wait a minute. How did you know where to find us? Perhaps if we will go back into... No, wait a minute. We want to talk to you. There is no need for me to talk to Miss Jones or to you. You are through. Just hand over the yin seal. Randolph, he's got a gun. So you are a double-crosser. Randolph! There. Goodbye to Hong Kong. Yes, goodbye forever. It will be good to see Virginia again, won't it, darling? Yes. Although I left under something of a cloud, I suppose they'll give a married man a new chance. <laughs> no doubt of it, especially since he's reformed. <laughs> Lammy, you've never told me, and, and I haven't asked you, but, but whatever you did with that seal, I'm glad we don't have it. It would have been wrong to start our married life with dishonesty like that. Uh, Susan, I, And now I... that you are married, there'll be no more fighting, and, and that means no more poker. Uh, Susan, And I... because it's a symbol of the old life, I, I brought up your pack of cards, and here, here's an end to it. No, wait, Susan! Why, Lammy, Lammy, what is it? Oh. What's the matter? Well, I only threw your old pack of cards overboard. If it means that much, you can always get a new pack. But you don't understand. In that pack of cards, concealed in the lining of the box, was the yin seal. You've just thrown $50,000 into the ocean. (laughs) 
Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson. Tonight we have presented The Ambassador of Poker by Ahmed Abdullah, adapted for radio by John Dunkel. Featured in the cast were Elliot Reed as Randolph C. Fairburn, Lucille Meredith as Susan Jones, Ben Wright as Shang Pao, Benson Fong as General Kung, and Richard Liu as Mao Tzu. Also heard were John Daner, Ramsey Hill, Bill Conrad, and Rick Vallon. Special music was arranged and played by Ivan Dittmars. Next week... You are standing on an ancient pyramid hidden in the depths of Yucatan. Somewhere beneath your feet lies a sacred shrine with millions in jewels and gold. But from the impenetrable jungle and the fanatic high priests of the Mayas, there can be no escape. Next week, we escape with the story of a man and woman whose lust for gold led them to dangerous defiance of the laws of a primitive but still powerful cult. As Les Crutchfield and Paul Pierce tell it in The Golden Snake. Goodbye then until the same time next week when once again we offer you Escape. Everyone wants to give a helping hand to America's crippled children. That's why everyone is buying Easter seals. Money from the sale of these seals helps to carry on the good work of the National Society for Crippled Children and Adults, which conducts an extensive program of education, research, and personal care for the physically handicapped. So do your part by buying Easter seals. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thank you for joining us at 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense. This is your host, John Hagedorn. We try to alternate weeks with two episodes of Escape one week, followed by two episodes of Suspense the following week. New episodes of 1001 Tales of Escape and Suspense are available every Sunday at noon Eastern Time. We always appreciate reviews. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.